chicks, we be in the mix With that rare candy paint job on the whip I need food for the kids, money for the rent Fuck a lockdown, baby, I can't do that shit And I don't never vote, cause I'm fucking broke And either way, I know the police ain't gon' leave me alone On a plane, by the visit, Glen Rock Need crypto, told me I should bring the Glock with me So I packed up my piece and I'm sliding Cause we might get caught up in a riot Middle finger Trump, middle finger Biden Fuck a left, fuck a right, is you riding? Ain't no politics, baby, we just talking From the birds to the bricks, we be in the mix With that rare candy paint job on the whip, who you with? Okay, uh, this is the first time this has ever happened in podcast history, uh, for us at least Um, We have a recurring guest um, this is Alex G. So if you are from our side of Twitter, uh, not only is she a, a posting legend, um, but she is uh, you're, you're getting around to all these media places now. Like, uh, I, I don't want to say that we launched your career. I don't want to say that. Um, but, you know, I but you did but clearly. You, I needed you to say it. Thank well, now you. We're, we're getting a bump from you now. Like, well, yes, you, you know what I mean? You, we'll, yeah, it'll. Yeah. So no, it, literally nobody listened. To, nobody yeah. listened before you came on either. So that was that was uh, <laughs> that was good. So I, I will say to all the listeners, if you came in late because this was I'm um, checking the timeline four months since we've talked to you and uh, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. So if you I would I would actually pause this episode and go back and listen to the first one uh, virtual learning with Alex G because uh, it is good. Um, it is good because that was actually when what we're going to talk about today was kind of taboo to talk about. Right. It's yeah. uh, now it's a little more normalized. But uh, first off, how, how have you been doing? Um, I've been all right. How have you guys been? Oh, man, we're we're good. I mean, I'm speaking yeah. for myself. I'm good. Um, what about you? Yeah, I'm good. I uh, yeah, it's just crazy how I don't know. I feel a lot of what we're talking about is getting getting vindicated, but also things are crazier than ever before. It's kind of a weird mix of, yeah. of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, it's know. like less alone. I feel less alone, but yeah, somehow not better. No, <laughs> yeah, it's not any yeah. better. It's, it, I, I thought it would feel better, but being right isn't always good. Being right's overrated, actually. Yeah. Like I wanted to be wrong about all the stuff we were going to talk about, especially the lockdown. What we want to start with right now. Um, so you had another, uh, a piece and this came out, uh, in December, um, with the bellows and I'll go ahead and put it on the screen for people to see, but, um, this was about the COVID class war, right? So, um, basically, you know, I, I think we're all in agreement, all three of us here and probably a lot of our listeners, maybe not all of them that, uh, it was kind of just an upward transfer of wealth, right? It was, is kind of why, maybe not why we originally locked down, but why it lasted so long and, and, you know in California, it's kind of still going on. There's remnants of it. It's kind of a, they're kind of taking off certain layers at a time, but, but Alex, when you, when you were writing this, um, just first off, go over kind of what you were talking about in the article and, um, and also maybe some of the pushback you might've gotten from it. Um, yeah. So the article, um, like you said, is called the great COVID class war. And, um, a a major argument in the article is that a lot of what's been presented as a public health policy um, really could be characterized more as an economic agenda because the outcomes for public health have been pretty devastating in a lot of metrics. Um, First, because of situations that happened with um, COVID itself in terms of the death rates, like nursing home deaths were 40% of the deaths, 
We saw um, hospitals closing, hospitals lost billions of dollars, I think maybe $300 billion in the U.S. Um, Hospital staff was cut. So all the sort of health measures that you would think would go into fighting um, a virus um, or any health situation, we saw some of the opposite happen. And then we also have a a major public health crisis coming with uh, mental health, especially for kids loneliness for um, elderly people. And so there's an element with COVID that we've seen there's a self-fulfilling prophecy in terms of creating um, a health crisis through lockdown policies instead of necessarily solving those problems. And in the news recently with um, Cuomo, it's become very clear that some of the models that they used to justify sending um, older people, people in nursing homes uh, from hospitals back to nursing homes actually produced a lot of death uh, within the nursing homes. So the measures haven't been effective. And I think there's more and more mainstream coverage of the way in which some of these measures haven't been effective, um, especially comparing places like California, where we're still in lockdown to Florida, where they have schools open, they don't have a mask mandate, um, businesses are open, stuff like that. And that's kind of my argument on what has happened. And then the question is why it's happened. And looking at the information, it's very clear, obviously, that a lot of people have made a lot of money from this, Um, even though when lockdown started, some of the argument on the left was that, like, uh, it was actually bad for business. And this was like something that was going to empower workers and stuff. But in reality, in the same time period that workers lost, American workers lost a trillion dollars, U.S. billionaires gained a trillion dollars about. Um, and of course, we see Amazon, Walmart, Target making record profits while over 100,000 small businesses have closed. Um, and worldwide, there's definitely a lot of negative impact on the global poor. There's going to be 160, 150 million people plunge into extreme poverty and hundreds of millions of people um, experiencing famine because of supply chains getting cut off and also lack of access to health care, all kinds of negative consequences in places that we don't necessarily see or think about when we think about lockdown. It's not just a question of like our bars open here. There's sort of globally things happening in the economy. Um, So, yeah, I think a lot of this has basically, like you said, been a wealth transfer um, that hasn't really improved necessarily outcomes, uh, even for for COVID. (laughs) No, no, not at all. Um, And yeah, like him and I talk about this all the time and, and you and I talk about it from time to time, too. Like if it should have been like so, okay. First, back to March, right? And in California, of course, had like the most harsh reaction to it, like lockdown, everything, all that, and New York as well. Uh, back then, it was supposed to be two weeks, right, to slow the spread, two weeks to to let the hospitals get ready. <laughs> like it's yeah, just that that's never yeah. let anyone tell you different. That's why we locked down. Yeah. Um, and in theory, it should have just been peeled back slowly and slowly. Like, okay, we can do this now, right? We can move this event outside now we can do that just like you had said in our i was listening to our last episode uh with you where you had said 
why can't in California, especially why can't we do some schooling outside if we're scared of indoor transmission? Mm -hmm. But none of that was none of that happened. Right. Like the minute there was any kind of data. Right. Which in California, they didn't really they weren't really honest with the data. And this, this yeah. is a, San Francisco Chronicle was saying this like, uh, yeah, actually, it'd be bad if you knew the data. That was the, <laughs> that was the thing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it just is none of this was done in good faith and none of it was done for public health. And I'll, I'll die on that hill. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, especially, I think, uh, I, I, I wonder with, um, what's been coming out with Cuomo and stuff, if there's even more things like that, that will come out and around mismanagement. Sure. Um, and what do you think about that? Uh, strategically, I think it'll strategically yeah. come out. I think, I think I, I'm still trying to figure out what the Cuomo thing means, you know, like, why is that a thing right now? And we, we knew, we knew he was a like basically a Man, mass I murderer. Think why, think why is it now? Why are they just they're like, is Cuomo just not useful anymore? Yeah, they I yeah. think they focus grouped it and he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he didn't take he didn't take off as some future presidential candidate like they thought he would. Yes. And they're like, all right, we're going to this guy will get sacrificed. We got to deal with world. Biden because you, you dick. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah it's <laughs> like, see that. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's some... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, I'm just shocked at how once it's all coming to light, everything, not just with the Cuomo thing, but just how quickly these bullshit models came out and how how quickly they how quickly they switched to it not just being like a anti-trump thing or like a like a reactionary thing uh but it just became like a crazy power grab how how quickly people jumped on this and capitalized on this to use that turn of phrase is like even stunning to me like like they were ready to go it's it is conspiratorial that they were just so ready to go with this and just had every path planned out they had all the all the bureaucrat bureaucratic quote unquote scientists ready to go. They had the, uh, the Johnny Anitas thing, you know, how they, they totally slaughtered him for being a hundred percent correct and accurate in March for the infection fatality rate. And, uh, and well, I, I, is, I, I'm, I'm from unfamiliar. Who's John. He's, he's one of the most uh, rigorous and famous and cited uh, scientists, specifically epidemiologists in the world at Stanford. And early on, oh, he was, yeah, 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 yeah. And he was like, you know, yeah, we shouldn't, we probably shouldn't lock down the way we're doing. And actually the IF, the, the IFR is probably this. And everyone's like, are you kidding me? It's at least 10 times higher. And just now that I look back on it and see all the smears they had for him ready to go, like loaded in the gun. I'm like, oh, this is for sure. Like a planned thing mm. that he's one of the most legendary scientists of all time. And like particularly legendary for his accuracy and his calling out bullshit science, you know? Yeah. So it's like, so it's just all so much clearer to me now, even more than, than I thought before. And um, yeah. So I don't know. But yeah. They, they got it all figured out. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. The, uh, the, the thing I found interesting about it too, was like in our last episode together, we kind of, we we're all at a crossroad as, as, as kind of, okay, what was the elections? What was the election going to mean for the lockdowns? And, I'm not going to lie. I think I was right. I think that the Biden thing, like, and not that it, look, we're still, there's still stuff that's under yeah. lockdown and stuff, but it immediately changed to like, Oh, Amazon just reached out to start rolling out the vaccine. <laughs> wow. He didn't feel comfortable working with Trump. And it's like, okay, disregard <laughs> him and I's take on vaccines and, 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 and COVID vaccine. Let's say that it's the perfect, you know, miracle yeah. drug the president that you didn't like was the reason you withheld all that stuff was like, nah, everybody should die until Trump's gone. Like I, yeah. that this That's whole, insane. it was so politicized 
And now you're seeing, I, I, I still thought this was like within Biden's first hundred days, this was kind of a, a way to give him like, not an easy win, but a, like a, a way to build America back better. Right. Isn't that mm-hmm. what they're saying? Um, so what do you think about that, Alex? Is it really kind of, I mean, we knew it was politicized, but what did it shock you at how politicized and how fast we're seeing things kind of go back, I guess? Um, I, I guess it might be not shocking, but it, sometimes it's still kind of hard to figure out what's going on or what's mm-hmm. what the agenda is, because it feels like every day there's like a story that's like, oh, it's almost over. And then the same day, a story that's like, no, it's never going to end. Should <laughs> so, you wear 12 masks? Scientists. Yeah, actually there. 12 masks. Yeah. <laughs> forever oh vaccines. Three shots. Um, yeah. Each mask has a like a uh, like a woke saying on it. And it's like a Russian nesting doll as you take <laughs> one off and add one. It's like a new saying, drink water. Don't be racist. And yeah, yeah agreed. So I think it's very possible that there's different competing factions that have different ideas about what should Mm -hmm. be done and how long this should go on for. Um, So, and you also have certain people whose careers are on the line, right? Or it's very possible that there's certain Democrats who want to sort of have it be under Biden's reign that this ends. Yeah. Whereas other powerful interests that have made a lot of money and don't necessarily see it that way but there's also a lot of pushback and then I think a lot of people are seeing a lot of things as absurd and the propaganda is not working as well as it used to um because they're not there's only so long that like the fear can be maintained and I think also as more people um express skepticism it makes it more okay for other people to feel like they can be skeptical um, and I think a lot of the, there's a lot of people who are really true believers and will always be, um, cause they've accepted so much contradictory, um, and destructive ideas already, but there's probably a lot of people who just don't know what to think. Mm-hmm. And the more it's been discussed and the more people see other points of view, I think the more there's a critical mass of potentially people who could push, who are pushing back on it, at least ideologically. And the ruling class has a lot to lose if they, if, if they push too far and then people actually push back um, mm-hmm. in a material way. Yeah. yeah and that's why, yeah. go ahead. Go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, it's, it's so important what you said is because I see this all the time with conspiracy bros. You guys know James Corbett, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. With um, who's I'm a big fan of. And uh you know, he always just reminds people like it's it's never just one conspiracy. It's never like these elite or whatever. It's yeah. it's always a co- competing faction of all different groups, politically, economically, economically. It might appear and it very well might be uniform in certain things and certain flashes of slices of time uh, if if all the cards align. But yeah, you right now you have the economic thing. They don't want to give up this this cash cow of people just funneling money to the top corporations. Um but the politically, the Democrats want to make the Biden mm-hmm. administration seem like the good guys, you know, but in order to do that, they have to like break dance through through like a minefield and pretend like all these things that were true two weeks ago aren't true today. And in doing so, you know, you're going to cut a percentage of, you know, your base away because they're going to call it as bullshit, but not as big as a percentage as you would think. That's God love like cnn and msnbc liberals they literally will they'll believe the double triple mass thing they'll believe like anything you tell them 
you know at least yeah at least the conservatives have some kind of like fuck it, you mentality right yeah. we've talked about this before it's refreshing they, conservatives believe dumb shit too for sure but well they would believe like, it coming from there i still think a lot yeah. of them would believe it if, if it was role reverse if we had president hillary clinton for yeah. the last four if years tr- man COVID can you hit, imagine if can you yeah. imagine if trump was actually playing like 5d chess and he's like actually we need to lock down everything and close the school like gave a total like yeah if he was psychology curveball yeah. like i've he's I'm really fucking, scared yeah <laughs> yeah he's, yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, no. Those, those are great points. So. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, I think yeah. that I think either anybody that's truly in consuming legacy media from like the bipartisan uh, kind of thing, I, I think any of those people, it was completely based on who was in power when this hit. And I don't listen to those two people. I, I, I give credit to conservatives, but I give more credit to people like us who are not that and and we're kind of just like I had look, I've up until really that time until March, I considered myself like I'm on the left. I am on the left. That was during like a month period. It was like Bernie's campaign just took a shit. And then, and then COVID was hit. So, such a wild. Yeah. Twist. That was yeah. like all my politics in one basically were just yeah. thrown, were thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like, and, yeah. And know, seeing the left and seeing the left react to lockdowns. Well, the, made the me problem realize, is like, this yeah. is not, I agree with the principles. Like I, I'm pr- a principled person, but these are not the people that I want in power to make no. these fucking decisions. Oh no, you feel the same, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. especially because the in the Bernie uh, campaign, like the signature policy was Medicare for all. So it was yes. really strange to see this shift to. <laughs> I mean, I guess there was some lip service paid to Medicare for all, but the left basically their main thing was to shut everything down, have everyone stay home and impose whatever authoritarian draconian restrictions are necessary. um, Instead of continuing to talk about what was supposed to be their signature policy. So that was really strange. That was a very bizarre um, turn. Um, And I think, yeah, that I, I'm in the same boat as you guys. That was kind of my complete loss of um, trust in that group or just feeling of alienation. Um, but if anything, the whole, the whole past year has just really exposed kind of how weak the human mind is and like how, how far back probably a lot of certain indoctrination um, was going on that just didn't even realize. And now looking back I don't even understand how people can be at this place of just so much conformity and opportunism and unwillingness to like even think or research or um change their minds in any way yeah just being so and I and look I will never not want Medicare for all I'll never not want most of the stuff even that they're talking about I'm, I'm I'm like still on board with a lot I didn't change my economics uh the the problem is is like you see this going on. It's almost been a year. It's almost March. It's almost been a year since this has happened. And yeah. you still think we didn't do everything right. You still think we as people didn't do this. Like, I, I, I'm going to quote one of my favorite theorists um, that I read. I don't read a lot of theory, but Posting Menace. Um, he's a huge, huge uh, guy that I study. And um, he says COVID-19 is not my problem. That's my, my favorite quote from him. It's my favorite, maybe my favorite tweet of all time. And I agree. It's not our problem. So like, again, if it's fumbled that far at the top, at what point do we just hit the resume button? 
right? At what point are you do saying we just, like no, it's, like because they the still classic, think, they still think the, like, hey, that last year we didn't get the lockdown right. Let's do it again. That's yeah, what you people didn't, on the left are saying. You're we'll saying you you yeah. individually didn't wear enough masks. You didn't yes. social distance enough, I, rather than the elites and the building the hospital. Yeah, and especially with the whole like the whole the whole justification for this bullshit was we're running out of hospital room. And it's a yeah. year later, and we're a we that's not, not true on the face of it. That's easily verified that that's never been true. But e, B, you couldn't build some more fucking hospitals in a year, like if during this crazy global pandemic, and that no one's done yeah. that because they knew they ran the numbers and they knew it was unnecessary. And so, yeah, and the, that's what's funny about the, all these contradictions on the on the left. How you're we're, we're never supposed to uh blame individuals but all of a sudden we're only blaming individuals for covid right it's, and it's people it's, who have different yeah. politics than me just shockingly the people yeah. that have politics than me are the reason that i just want to get a haircut dude. yeah, yeah and, and they yeah, did it's... again there was never relief coming we knew that I, look i'm not gonna lie yeah. the first month i was like hey mate, we'll see you know i i because yeah. I, I hadn't done it mm -hmm. after a while you have to realize they're doing a dog and pony show and you're not gonna go out in the street and fight for it right you're not going mm -hmm. to the people we've we, you and i i have gotten into like those arguments people well i've been in new orleans with 10 people in the streets like yelling it's <laughs> like that's not that that's not what i mean there's yeah. they don't they can ignore that there's no reason to do it um and we're willing we're willing to we're willing to put up massive protests the likes of which the world has never seen before for zero material concessions or gains or yeah. economic or racial policy change but we refuse to do it for the greatest upward transfer of wealth in human history that's when it was everyone's wearing masks for the george floyd protest which were those protests were totally understandable like we're, we're not anti-protest people here but then there's just nothing, yeah. just crickets no for all the other. Remember, shit. there was no spike. No that's spike. What I said. Yeah. No spike from the it largest. It was totally righteous. So yes, yes. <laughs> the virus is woke. It, it just goes spike. right over that. It goes right over that and into the trailer parks. Yeah. It goes. It just, <laughs> yeah. Like a top, a top like a sound wall at the airport. It's just yeah. like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, right. yeah. yeah. It's those arcs that you see from the jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It goes right in there. And yeah, uh, yeah it, I don't know. I, it just after, at what point do you just say like? I, I need to live. I need to live my life. Like I need, I need to, I, I understand what, what I want is it, but right now I, I can't get that, you know, right now I just, I need to be able to, to like keep this roof over my head. Right. Like I need, I need to do this. And the left just doesn't have that. The left is like, they're so married to this belief, which, which is fine. Right. Like it's fine to never change your mind as far as like what you want. And I didn't, but to say that, like, no, you need to stay inside. No, schools can never be open uh, until until there's zero COVID. Like the, the zero COVID thing is is a nightmare to me. You have Same. to know that this isn't going anywhere. You have to know it's not. Even if we all get even if we all get the shot, there's people that are getting it with the shot. Like yeah. <laughs> it's it's nuts. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, I think well, that's the. I, I mean, you're right. People really like to go back to like, well, if we had just done it right, then it would be going well, and so that's just not um in reality that's just that does have nothing to do with reality it's like saying well if we lived in a perfect world and all people were perfect then things would have worked out like that's not yeah. the type that's not a, <laughs> or what if a conservative a conservative tells them oh you don't like your job well you, if you went back then and had gone learned to code you could have had a better job it's like it's the same concept yeah okay yeah. we pretty much did it right we have a high mass compliance you know what I mean? These higher people, than they're most allowed to, places in the world. That's the crazy thing. The, the pro More lockdown people, people yeah. the pro lockdown and the pro COVID hysteria people are allowed to be anecdotal and we're not. That's what I hate. Yeah. We're allowed to be anecdotal and be like, mm. I know this one dude. Well, that's a classic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It applies to a lot of things. Like, like 
it's it's not but they're allowed to say i know this one some somebody somebody that died of it da, 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 so you did it but i'm like well here's the numbers and they're like oh the numbers great you know and, and, and so, yeah, yeah but they're the people saying 70 percent of people want medicare for all so do numbers mean anything yeah like yeah. i i just i don't know yeah not. yeah i mean i i especially looking at california i'm not really sure what was something more that california was supposed to do following all the recommendations that we didn't do um they but almost, when, they, yeah they should have changed the flag to a mask like instead of the banner. Yeah. Like, I, when, like when under immense pressure um they decided to reopen outdoor dining and stuff people were like online saying that this is like genocide and like going to be mass murder <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not no, laughing. No, you're right. No, you're right. I am. I you can laugh on here. I don't know. Yeah. No, it was I funny. mean, oh, yeah. they're just fundamentally okay. Like I have sympathy for them because I feel like you have to, you know, remember people are human, especially because mm, yes. part of the problem is like how much they dehumanize other people. But um mm. I think that uh they're they're in a different reality like they're they're not responding to data or inform or scientific information or any numbers because they're responding to like ideas in their head they're like aoc like everything is like what my idea that i'm scared of in my head and that's my reality and yes um whatever has happened isn't part of whatever has happened in the real world or in a measurable yeah. way or in a verifiable way isn't something that I'm going to deal with. Yeah. And I sound like yeah. facts. I sound like Ben Shapiro facts. Don't care about your feelings. Like when, when I, that's what I hate. <laughs> yeah. I hate that. That's what I become when I'm just literally trying to let people like, I'm sorry. I yeah. see a lot of people and I was talking about it online today. I see a lot of people saying, you know, even just, it has nothing to do with COVID, but they'll be saying, this is how we unite people. This is how we, you know, get the working class movement and all that stuff. And it's a bunch of people who like, honestly, I'm sorry, are nowhere near the working class. You know, even people yeah. that I like, even people that I like, but I feel like that's the same thing with the COVID lockdown people. It's like, you have a job that's able to be done at home. That's able to be, regardless of yeah. what virtual learning and online stuff does to people, you still have a, a way to make money while being at home. I don't, yeah. I work in construction. I, I don't, I don't. Like, I don't have a way to do that. And part of me just kind of red pilling on this was going back to work. Yeah, I went back to work and yeah. I was like, oh, there's not just some floating, like invisible killing thing, like just going around and just wiping people like younger, healthy people out. Yeah. You know? And 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 these people won't even allow themselves to feel that way. Like they, we're catering yeah. to anxieties right now is what we're doing with this lockdown. We're catering Neurosis, to people's anxiety. Yeah. yeah, it's it's and and I'm scared that it won't change. I'm scared that and, even when everything does open up, these people are still going to like. Oh, yeah. oh, no, my, we do homeschool at home like a different I, I don't want to get too far into the learning thing yet because we will get into that. But there's going to be yeah. people that are just going to constantly try to just well, I'm still in COVID times like I'm still in this. And and that's so bad for a society. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I think you're right that they're really attached to the their particular ideology around it. And they have a basically religious devotion to some of their superstitions. Um, but I guess like at least it's good to know, I def it's definitely one particular class. So it's like the, it's, it's, you know, the work at home, like the laptop oh, professional yeah. class, man professional managerial class or the clerk class or whatever email you want to call email them. Class, yeah. The like simple management, information management class. Um, I think is like the most they're the most devoted to it and they're the most willing to go as far as it takes and 
um, you know, never let it go. So I think there's probably a majority of people who are not subscribed to that mentality, even if there is a very forceful, very intense group of people who will never let it go. Well, it's weird. I'm looking at the people in my family. Like, I feel I have an interesting story and nope. Anecdotal. Sorry. Yeah. Well, no, (laughs) well, there's people I'd say like most of the people in my family that I'm, that I'm close to now are at the stage in their life where they're, where they're at the peak, they're coming into the peak of their career, making good money, being able to work from home, even getting bonuses during this time and um, promotions and stuff like that. Uh, You know, you, you know, buying new properties things like that things i'm very proud of you know i'm like that's fucking awesome i'll never hate or anything but uh they are they do what i guess what i'm saying is they're not like the crazy religious covid believers you know they, they i'll talk to them about some of this stuff and they'll they'll agree and they are rather class conscious in general they're not elitist or anything but even that being said just the fact of being able to work from home at a computer even if you are class conscious and everything you still lose touch of the day to day and the every day, even if you do believe that, you know, um, essential workers, quote unquote, should be given a raise or whatever. It's still easy to just make those words rather than actions when you're just sitting at home getting bonuses and stuff, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's like, even if I feel even the, with, within the PMC class, most are just going along for the ride, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, but there are certain vocal, large vocal sum. And for me, I'm like, I was working in, you know, food service industry before this. And like, I, I had friends that were like during the first couple of weeks, they were like, Hey, do you got like food, you know, that I could have and shit. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, everyone's out of a job. And then, but I was lucky enough, you know, I had like, I found this trading thing and I was just obsessed with that during the, in fact, I wanted the time to trade, Yeah. you know, like online. So it was kind of a weird, and you know, I know that's like a, meme a lot of people you could have done it you could have done that though like you could i mean i understand you wouldn't have got the uh, unemployment but like you could have done i'm not saying like oh the unemployment but you know you yeah yeah. the unemployment helped me tremendously like but it doesn't take a mass shutdown to want to live your dream i like that's like this weird (laughs) commercial thing that you see like the uh i saw one where they did dolly uh, a super bowl commercial it was a like a dolly parton's nine to five but they switched it to five to nine it was a square Mm -hmm. base thing square space thing yeah yeah get your job after work now your shitty gig economy job and they do the little jingle and it's like actually dolly singing and it's very depressing and um and uh, yeah Yeah. and dolly pardon gave like a million dollars for vaccine research too so i don't know damn but yeah but i I guess what i'm saying is like this everyone because we're so bubble fied now we we only have our own little thoughts and everything and i do find it funny the culture a lot has been spoken about this but the the people making the most money working from home doing this are generally the same people that went to school during the ultimate coddled safe space. You know, your experience is the ultimate, uh, you know, validity of everything kind of like AOC thing you're talking about. So the people running the show economically upper middle class are the same ones that you can't challenge them on anything because they'll just freak out and be like, that's not my experience. I don't want my grandma to die and everything, you know, all this type of thing. So it's kind of this, whereas the working class, like, like you said, you get red pilled when you go back to work and you see that people are living their lives and yeah. around doing their or thing. Like you said, it was last, our last episode, you said it was a first world problem. And I, I yeah. honestly, that blew my mind. And like that, that's up there with posting men. <laughs> well, it's not it, my well, problem. It's a first, it is. It's it, not to, my, to well, be able I mean, to wear, it's a first class problem. Let's say it that way. Sure. You know, and like, it's, well, and it's, yeah. I mean, the like everyone, well, 
it's funny, Alex G, you mentioned the um you know the the massive the, what's coming with the 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 world hunger and the the increase in poverty and everything through you know i think the world health organization has even touted that it's not like a fringe idea like that's gonna no, happen like right? yeah. yeah but during covid everyone was just working in the fields doing their thing you know what i mean it's like a lot of people didn't have time to shut down they were just doing their thing and they everyone's like why didn't the african continent get totally ravaged by covid it's like well, probably because they just live their lives, and that's what would happen to everywhere if we there's other. Just done they recognize day. other threats. Yeah, like yeah. threats that yeah. have a higher death rate. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, or, like, yeah. I hate saying it, but that's that's the truth. Like to say, if you say you have this death rate, there's so many. I you know, I've heard so many people bring up different percentages. Oh, it's this percentage. It's this percentage. Either way, in certain places, hunger is like a higher killer than that. Totally, and like, yeah. and just just they're like, I'll take my chances. And I, totally. and I, I respect that idea. And like, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't mm -hmm. shatter leftist principles. If you go back to work, it doesn't. Yeah. No, I don't no. know. Yeah. I don't know. I was kind of rambling there for a second, but I just feel, yeah, it's weird how everyone just, everyone's has such a colored view of this just based on what they've been doing day to day for the last 10 months, like how they go to work, if they go to work, you know, what, what that, you know, it, yeah, it just kind of colors your whole experience. Like, you can say you care about the working class and you want, you know, wages increased or everything, but you're still ordering out on Postmates every yeah. single day. And how do we organize, by the way? How do we organize our workplace? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Like, like, let's say yeah. that's the thing. We all oh, because I remember for a long time, general strike, this and that. Hey, cool. I'm down. Let's do it. I mean, I mean, you know, I, there's a lot of things that have to be done, but I'm just saying I'm, I'm down to move towards like a yeah. empowered, empowered thing. Not going to happen on computers. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Just, yeah. Not yeah. I remember, yeah. I remember many years ago, there was an article in the New York times that um, said something like the top 20% of the income range has almost no contact with the rest of the country. Yeah, I agree. And so, and that was maybe, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to estimate how many years, but many years ago. So I'm, I mean, I feel like that definitely has an impact in terms of, um, uh, people's understanding about what everyday life is like for m the majority of Americans. And then on top of that, I feel like uh, just one thing about the, you know, the people working from home, it's not really that good for them. Like the situation, right. some of it is they, for some people, I'm sure there's some people who are genuinely enjoying it. Um, but I think a lot of people are really depressed um and think they like just have convinced themselves it's just like something that they have to be for and like they even no matter how much it impacts them badly negatively and a lot of um I mean teachers would be like one example of just there's a certain element that seems self-destructive in what people are doing or what their approach has been in some ways um and I'm not, I don't totally understand that because a lot of the people of the same class are actually pretty like miserable too. T talk about the teacher experience and like yeah, the, inside, or, and even, the inside track. On, yeah. Well, for, first, the, so Biden has his plan to open schools, right? He has a, he has a, he has a plan okay. um, or at least, I mean, I don't know. I've seen, I've seen a bunch of, I know the states can have their plan to open public schools, right? And um, was it, I mean, you and I were talking about it. It was, it was kind of, it was kind of like they're, they're the schools have these like red zones, right? Was that the thing like now with with COVID opening, Alex, where where if schools are violating certain things uh, that then they get dinged well, for it. 
They put out a plan. Okay, so just like his campaign promise was that he wanted to have most majority of, it was something like we'll have majority of schools open in 100 days. And then his press secretary said, oh, we'll have like one day a week open after 100 days. Yeah, yeah. 80% not open. Yeah. Yeah. And then the CDC said, okay, because there's been data for a long time since the summer, countless studies that show that schools don't increase transmission rates of COVID and that um, some studies even indicate that it's probably safer if schools are open or that school transmission is often much lower than community transmission. So there's not really a medical reason for them to be closed. Um, So the CDC sort of cited this evidence and said, okay, well, we should open the schools um, with precautions, um, whatever that means. And then the CDC issued its guidance a couple weeks later. And in the guidance, it was like having, it had almost all the schools in these red zones. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was only one place where outdoor sports would be allowed. And um, a lot of the places in the red zones already had their schools open. So essentially the CDC's opening guidance was really a school closure guidance. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. I, I, I think, I don't necessarily think that those schools will end up um, in certain states closing, but in, I don't know, states like California, it's really not going to happen unless there's a ton of parent pressure to yeah. reopen. Which there isn't. Huh. Yeah. Like, Perfect I don't think story. there is like, like, what do you, do you, I don't know. I, and again, I don't know if, if you could say from your own experiences, but like from what I hear, I, I think there's parent parents hate virtual learning, but I, I still think they're at that crossroad of whether they can put, like, do I, do they feel right sending their kid back to school? Cause after they've spent so much time hawkeyeing over and making sure they were safe and the transmission rates are what they are. But I, I talked to some, I don't have any kids, but I talked to some, some of my coworkers that have kids and they're kind of like, ah, like I want my kid back in school because like I I can't pay for childcare, you know. I mean, I can't yeah. pay for, for this, but also at the end of the day, am I going to be the guy that sent his kid back to school and like there's blood on my hands, you know? Like, is that are you hearing that? Is that what's happening from parents, or is that just what I'm hearing? <laughs> um, I only see parents online like pushing back because it's not really something that I would like. I don't talk to mm-hmm. people about it that I would know because it's like not my place, but um. I, I, I definitely think, I definitely do know parents, there are a lot of parents who are scared and a lot of working class or low income parents are scared too. Yeah. The one thing I would say about those parents is that if they heard from the school district and from the teachers, oh no, actually it is safe. That would be a huge factor in convincing them yeah. that it was safe. Whereas if the input, the only input that they've really gotten from, you know, people they trust, authority figures they trust and teachers that they trust is that it's not safe, then that has a, a huge effect yeah. in convincing people that it's not safe for a long time. So if schools were to open, there would have to be a concerted effort to make people feel comfortable yeah. Um, because there was a concerted effort to make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's beautifully put. Yeah. The, the, a huge problem also is that it's been almost a year 
And so everyone has developed routines and changed their lifestyle to accommodate online learning. So you can't suddenly also now tell them like, okay, now you're going to go back to your old routine and your old lifestyle immediately. So I think for some parents, even it would just be hard. It's especially if it's just for one day a week or a couple days a week, it's just hard logistic. It's so hard to make that logistical change. So if you were offered hybrid and you have to bring your kid in one day a week or make sure they get there um, versus totally online, a lot of people might just choose totally online. Yeah. because It's easier. And um, another issue if uh, is basically if we start phasing in in the fall, um, the and there's a hybrid model, it's very possible that through a hybrid model, kids get even less instruction. Yeah. It's like hard to understand how I, they I, yeah. possibly get less than online, but you could possibly get less because of the need to be like online in the morning and then come in for an hour and then go back home and the transport and stuff yeah, like who's that. Tra- who's transporting them too? That's the other thing. Yeah. And then also teachers, if teachers have to do online and in person at the same time, then there's less you can ask them to really do te- in, in terms of co- covering content because they'll be all over the place. So I think that, um, you know, Really what should happen is kids should be back full time tomorrow, but there's so many problems that have arisen and also so many potential kind of compromises like hybrid um, that will create more issues that I think some, a, a big, a lot of this battle has probably basically been lost. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, I felt <laughs> that way a lot. I knew that it was going to go down this way that we try and do all these dumb half measures and even the plexiglass in the fucking classroom, yeah. like all that, this stuff. That is, is so the most, useless. I was going to bring that up. That is disheartening oh, yeah. watching that. Disheartening. Like. And yeah. And I, I have a, uh, some little, co- some little cousins that are like, they're like six and eight now. Right. And I had no idea they're in California. I'm not, I'm not right now. And I had no idea. Like, and uh, their mom is like, she's kind of on our tip being like, fuck this COVID shit and everything. And she was saying like, yeah, it was like every parent, like, yeah, my kids are really struggling right now during this, uh, during this process, you know, with all these, and she was like, yeah, like, uh, my, my oldest boy who's eight with the zoom classes and everything. I'm like, hold up. Like there's, they're making eight year olds do zoom classes. I was so blown away. I was like, why the fuck would you make an eight year old sit in front of a, I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. I thought that was at like middle school at least. No, or something. no, it's I was like, it's that everybody. is insane. That is insane. Like, of course, the kid's gonna fucking freak. Out. Put an eight-year-old in front of a but, virtual classroom. But daycare, like, daycare. I work. I work. Because I, yeah. I work in the road, so I, I see a lot of stuff. Like, I, I have the like. It's easy. It helps when I talk about things because I'm I'm out in a different street every day. Like, we work, we do road restoration and stuff like that. And we'll see, like, dude, these private daycares, private schools, hopping, hopping. They're yeah, masks and yeah. stuff. And they got like the yard duty person, like social distance, like monitor person yeah. out in the yard and stuff. And I'm like. What's their data? Yeah, yeah. Like, is that yeah. out? Is that is that free? No, I, is it on research? No, it? like yeah. like I don't see. I mean, this is gonna sound messed up. I don't see like you know body bags being brought into the school no, or anything. Maybe. Like it's like it seems like it's going well. And also, you know? yeah, I'll, maybe you guys comment on. I forget what article it was or something, but it was the just another one of those teachers bitching articles. You know, where it was like it was like teachers refused to uh, 
go in the classroom uh, Is that without, Chicago? The vac- without the vaccine. Probably. I don't know. Yeah, I would assume Chicago. And the, they had this line in there. Though, so it was like, teachers don't want to go in without getting vaccinated. So instead, we're going to send like proxy teachers in to teach. Oh, yeah. The scabs. And it's like, yeah, this and it's like, hold up. Like, are they vaccinated? So they're are they are they protected? Why is your life more valuable if you're so concerned about this? It was so mind blowing. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah I, I think fucking... that was, I think that was in Fairfax or something. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, yeah well, or maybe it happened more than one place. But that's definitely the model that's like going to be adopted if oh. things go this way, where you have classroom monitors who are not unionized, not credentialed, who get paid far less, and kids on computers. Yeah. learning on the computer, and the like, teachers at home on Zoom teaching them. Um, if, you know, education tech and stuff gets more advanced, then those people aren't necessary anymore. So yeah. a lot of, a, a lot of, I think, um, what gets lost in the conversation is that you have this huge amount of public money, huge amount of public funds going into education. Um, and a lot of that money actually then goes back to people because it goes back to people in form of salary. So it would be really, really convenient if you could eliminate those middlemen or those, you know, inconvenient human beings and just take the public money and give it to private companies. Shit. So, <laughs> and that's yeah. why like a lot of this virtual learning stuff, first of all, the Chan Zuckerberg Foundation and um, a lot of investors in charter schools have a lot of history pushing online learning and yeah. virtual yeah. education um and it pushing platforms and also encouraging teachers and charters to like adopt a modern classroom framework that uses this and even the Koch brothers organization had also uh wanted to push this model as a way to basically get rid of the teachers and the teachers mm-hmm. union stand up guys those brothers yep. yeah yeah and uh, and then the other thing is that for um the schools um a lot of a, a lot of the conversation is just about kids in the moment which is definitely a big problem because there's you know if you uh remember the Las Vegas thing where they had a ton of kids committing suicide so they decided okay now we have to reopen yeah. um or there is uh was 30% increase in mental health ER visits for adolescents i think um yes. since schools closed in the country so it's definitely really urgent what kids are going through now and the situation for them right now. But um, just beyond that, I think there's an element in which education and children are being targeted in a certain way because whatever is the education system is gonna, is a reflection of the labor model. So mm. if as sort of working conditions keep eroding and unemployment uh grows or as the gig economy sort of grows contract work work where your boss is just an app stuff like that you don't necessarily need um to train people on our current education system where they need to be around people they need to um be on a schedule everything has a very clear start and end time you actually want to train people on an unstructured time Right. Yeah. So that it's really the the battle for schools is like really a battle for the future. 
for, yeah. for it ripples everybody. out all this everything now is we're going to ripple out 15 30 45 years in yeah. The future. yeah 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 you don't want mavis beacon teaching your kids and you don't want uh uh <laughs> like school lunches being delivered by doordash and stuff like subscribe to our school lunch meal on doordash yeah. like i'm telling you i, I that's oh, that's shit. where my brain goes i don't know if we're there yet but honestly like it's all the new stuff they roll out still surprises me so i don't why wouldn't that happen I just yeah. it's going to be nuts. I, I don't. Yeah. Um, and, and as far as the union goes, like the teachers union goes, it's so weird because I you know I talk to you. So I get I, I feel like I have a good, you know, gra- grasp on the teachers union as as, as any non teacher would. But uh, when I see the left, the left, when they see that U word, the union, right, automatically they subscribe to like the no t- teachers won't go back to school. Yeah. The le- they have the left support. Um, even like, like I said, the liberals got what they wanted. They got Trump out. So like, they're kind of just ready to like slowly roll it out, but it's the <laughs> left that is always lost. The left always loses, but the left sees the teachers union pushing back a little bit and they go, this is a labor crisis. This is uh, they want to, you know, but they don't see that the scabs coming in. They don't, because none of them actually know anything about labor. That's the sad part. Like yeah. it's there. Most of the, people i know some of the best like labor minds that i've seen they aren't like online twitter leftists no no you know like and so with the teachers union um if you could just speak on them whatever you can say uh just where maybe they're don't have quite the right intentions yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of shenanigans that's been have been going on with the teachers union um I can't really say why. And I feel like if you're looking at it from the outside and it's perplexing why the teachers are in the teachers union are doing this, just know that on the inside is also very perplexing. Um, and I was involved in the union for a really long time and did a lot of organizing work and um, we were on strike and I was very involved in that. So I'm, I'm, and despite that knowledge, I'm still confused. So I could understand for parents or for anyone else why it would be very confusing because I'm not really sure psychologically what's going on. But um, the the issue, I think, with the teachers union is that um, they decided a long time ago that they didn't want schools to be open um, because of safety reasons. And now as things have gone on, even though it is clear that that's not really a legitimate argument, they're very much sticking to that narrative. And even um, the California Teachers Association put out like an ad about how dangerous it would be for schools to open and stuff. I saw, um, I saw that. I saw it like yesterday on TV. Union, yeah, yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, like our money, like from our salary goes to pay for this. Um, yeah, sick. So basically, I think some of it right now is just average rank and file teachers are extremely misinformed about the risks. Um, and it's it's a toxic environment to have the conversation. So people just steer clear of it. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, our union leadership, um, we have a very bureaucratic union. Our union leadership get like in a statewide get paid a lot more than your average teacher they have an incestuous relationship with the california democrats they put a lot of money into lobbying they put a lot of our dues money into um uh funding campaigns for politicians or for initiatives um so it's all really tied up in 
larger politics. Yeah, a vehicle, um, like a vehicle for him. Yeah. Um, and so I guess I think that it's not necessarily pro labor or pro union to just agree with whatever the union is doing in the moment. Like you actually have to look at whether it's a good strategy or not. Mm-hmm. And this is not a good strategy because number one, we're hemorrhaging support. We're probably hemorrhaging some members that are not happy. Um, and that will probably just continue to increase. Cause like, like I said, I'm like at my limit and I was involved in the union for a long time. I'll probably never stop paying dues, but if you're don't have that background and you're frustrated, you'll probably leave. Um, so, so, so can you be, I'm sorry, can you, can you not, you can be a non-union teacher? Um, like, well, because of Jan, do you know the Supreme court case Janice? No, no, I don't. Okay. Well, it just passed a couple of years ago, I think. And basically it gave you the right to, to, you could stop paying your dues. So you're still, Sorry. you still get the benefits of collective bargaining and stuff. Um, but you don't, you can opt out. So why, why do you pay dues then? You paid, like, why does anyone pay? Yeah. Dues? Well, I'm saying if you could get all the benefits, because you still want the benefits of collective bargaining so that you can still like as a coalition, like as right, a union right, right. altogether, um, yeah. negotiate for your salary and for your benefits. So how, how's this going to Otherwise those things can dis- will disappear. Okay. So, but basically with the union also, if, if we have a remote education situation, we have far less leverage to go on strike. Yeah. I think we maybe talked about this last time, but mm-hmm. without the ability to go on strike, because um, now for attendance in California, if a kid just logs onto a website, that counts as attendance, mm-hmm. as opposed to being in a building at the time mm-hmm. for each class. Yeah. So if, if teachers wanted to get a raise now, or let's say in the future, in pers- if we go back in person, then the district could very well say, okay, well, we're just going to have kids log onto this website on from their computer at home. And that's their attendance. And then the district doesn't lose money from the state. And then there's no incentive for the district to make a deal with the teachers. Crazy. So it's a bad labor strategy on like three different fronts, I think. And, um, yeah, I mean, just not, it's just not pro union to watch the union. Like, self-immolate that doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah and it, and they're t- and the problem is and my union is the same thing uh they the the views of a union should be the the overall views political yeah. views of its workers right I, I think we should all agree with that but like you know my union was like we're voting biden harris that's what we're voting and yeah. I, I i told the story i think once on the pod but i was asking kind of the uh i was asking the rep i go why well, Trump's racist, da, 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 all that kind of stuff. I go, okay, but what is what's Biden going to do for union members? Oh, uh, we're going to push him that way to the push him left thing. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna push him into a like a more union thing. And I, and I'm like, well, unions were supposed to like kind of have like a stronghold on politicians, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or at least like at least have some leverage to push back and and at least have their workers not anymore. To... Yeah. No, not anymore. Now it's just it's just kind of like a. I mean, yeah. I still love being a union member and I would, and trust me in construction, it's 1000% better to be union than non-union. Cause it's, it's, I mean, it basically just becomes a race to the bottom as far as wages yeah. go if you don't, but I don't, I, I, I don't, I, what, what are, they should be, they should be 
asking the teachers what they want to do rather than just taking the few that are like, I'm scared. And then running with that as an ad. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I really fear also with the teachers is that all the people who want schools to open now hate the teachers. So um yeah yeah. conservatives conservatives always like whenever there was a teacher strike would always have those little cheeky kind of remarks too so it's already it feels like another one of those for them right yeah so anyone but anyone who feels like okay no i really value public education and i think we should save public education also now has an extremely and i'm not defending the teachers but antagonistic kind of mindset Mm -hmm. towards the teachers Um, And one big problem there is that a lot of what was keeping public education afloat is the teachers union. Uh, Not now, but in many past battles in terms of like trying to uh, like the teacher strikes and also the fight against privatization. A lot of that happens through the teachers union um, in an effort to hold on to jobs. So if you have a situation where the people who value that are not in education, the people who value public education the most also hate a group that historically has kind of been somewhat responsible for preserving public education. Right. It's also a recipe for disaster. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to defend the teachers. I'm just saying that this is all kind of leading to a a collapse probably. Everyone um, from every side pointing a finger at you for different reasons. Yeah. And within. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is um, no solidarity to be found from that. Yeah. So I think that probably privatization will increase a lot, even if they manage to, because there are a lot of places in the U.S. where schools are open. So probably there will be a reopening plan in a lot of places, even here in California, but yeah. for the fall, who knows? But um, even once that happens, I think some of this has probably been a death blow and privatization will have so many easy avenues to increase. Yeah. It's crazy because uh, they, they used to frame it like a like a Betsy DeVos. She's trying to privatize schools. She's trying to do it. But then this is like the roundabout way to do it ethically. Quick, ethically. Yeah, it's like this Betsy huge... DeVos is getting what she wants due yeah. to the, the, the yeah. teachers union. And that was the whole what i was tripping on was well and you know at the during the beginning of this pandemic and throughout the wings of like the ultra ultra elite and the 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 dregs of society economically the the low wage workers non-union were the ones that were most affected i mean like all the wealth went from the straight to the bottom straight to the top and the middle class kept kind of the upper middle class kept the jobs rolling without having to do much without you know kind of like what we alluded to before but in maybe like five, eight years time, as this these effects ripple out and start to take those teacher jobs, start to take those upper middle class, as more and more, you know, ultra capitalist types go like, hmm, we really don't need to be paying all these people, all these huge yeah. salaries and stuff. Or we trying to pay reduce someone the overhead, cheaper. yeah. Like, I feel we're going to see this huge, huge, I could be wrong, but like this, this weird backlash on all this COVID stuff going on now. Like like the Stockholm syndrome will, will evaporate and, you know, and everyone will, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on this. This is just my prediction, but as soon as the upper middle class is starting to be touched, you're going to see a giant revolt. Always. Cause all of a sudden that all of a sudden the people, and I'm not seeing, I'm not saying teachers are upper middle class or anything like, th- like that, but I'm saying, you know, it just seems to be a mindset that's, that's going to flip going forward. I don't know if, if you guys have any thoughts on that, you know, as, as, 
you know, the 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 bottom already knows they've been fucked, right? And and the elite yeah. already know they won, and that this is a winning formula. But it's the people who's like day to day hasn't changed that much, and and or or like you said, like the teachers union arguing for their own failure and for their own lack of need of teachers and stuff. I don't know. Yes. I'm interesting. That it's just such a fascinating dynamic how it's going to play out over the next like f- I think five years is like a good time frame. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think that's the weird thing about it is a lot of the people who have become sort of the ideological foot soldiers for a lot of this in, you know, like you said, in a few years, their professions might not really uh, be sustainable um, as there's more, um, you, you know, tech encroachment and stuff. Or um, I think that also a lot of those people um, in certain professions, because even in healthcare professions, they want to move everything to like telehealth, yeah. oh, teletherapy. Um, so I think that th- there is an element of that, like there's a self-destructive. Yeah, firemen want to put fire, 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 fire yeah. Understand it. <laughs> firemen want to put fires out online. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's it's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, it, I mean, destroying yeah. the middle class is like a huge. It's a huge goal um oh yeah it seems because, like we've accelerated that tenfold in the last yeah year, and that's yeah, right? why like that's why walmart uh you know costco like all these huge box stores are open and well don't don't hate on costco hey don't hate. We're sorry costco is yeah. union uh, union labor we, we're yeah. a costco podcast we, we, yeah. we like costco okay listen to the last episode okay, there Target? were a lot there were a lot of stores you could have picked okay yeah Target? <laughs> okay big stores there, right chain stores are, are open <laughs> And people can go inside, whereas a lot of, you know, small businesses had much more restrictions and had to close. Yeah. So um, that's a, a way to directly hurt the middle class. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think that getting rid of the middle class is really important because for for the ruling class, because if they have people with uh, extremely low uh, standard of living, they might have problems on their hand but it's harder for people to organize harder yeah. for people to um organize as workers or even just um to push back or vote for populist candidates stuff like that populism that's racism what are you talking about <laughs> but the um i guess i, I you know i'd i'd I, if you had anything more about the schools, because I wanted to move on to one more thing. Was there any last statement you had on this on the schools or anything like that? Because I think it's um I, I think I said everything. I, I would just, yeah. um, I would just add that, um, y- you know, the the people that this is going to affect the most negatively are low income students and students in vulnerable populations. Yes. Um, and but the whole effect total is even if you're not a parent, you're not around kids, you're not a teacher. It's really going to have all these ripple effects for many, many yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I treat it like almost like we bought a bunch of stuff on credit to get through a <laughs> yeah. pandemic. And like eventually you have to pay the bill. Eventually yeah. the lockdown deaths will occur. Right. Like I get in yeah. that argument with with the leftist people. I, I try not to, but it happens from time to time. And wow. one of the ones I got into the most was one of those like guys with like the dolphin and the flowers and all that stuff. I was like, <laughs> and, and, uh, it was dolphin your art. Flowers. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. You know what I mean? I, it might've been a donut. I could have been anything. I, I just, I, there was definitely a dolphin. Yeah. And, uh, 
And so like I shared your article because he had said like, we cannot bring, put kids back in school. This cannot happen. These are our young comrades that are done. I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> Fuck and then, off, and then, yeah. and then I, I put your article. I was like, actually, I just, I didn't even say it like in a condescending way. I said it like, Hey, you should read this. Like it's actually a pretty good summation. And it was your uh, lockdown one. And the, the schools one that we originally talked about. I said that the, came out with me. with just a bunch of anecdotal evidence. All the other one, all the other dolphins came at me and then, yeah. and, and I'm like, dude, what is this even about? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, are you, are you trying to protect people? Cause I'm like the lockdown deaths were occurring. They'll, they'll go, well, yeah, but we're fighting for relief. And I'm like, dude, people are killing themselves. Yeah. And yeah. it's not even cause like, I mean, there are broke, but like there's, I guarantee you there's people that are killing themselves that aren't, it isn't just because they're broke. People they are haven't d- seen yeah. anybody and they haven't lived life. Like the rug's been swept out from under them. People are yeah. dying and you're justifying it by wanting some like, pet ideal ideological political project that has no hope in the t- concurrent climate to ever take foothold but you want to be on the man. right you want to be on the right side and yeah. i remember and, in and march won't, like, and they won't they won't be accountable for it if they're wrong right because yeah. they are wrong about the lockdown but they won't we have to like i said we have to assume the covid deaths right we have to assume the yeah. the uh like oh you want this open every lock every every opening death then when we reopen thing is on you well it's like yeah. all right well then the lockdown deaths are on you that's how it works yeah. and i guarantee you the score is going to look way skewed yeah. in your favor in, in five years and there was a super larpy kind of i remember and i was part of it i, I think it, like in march where you're like oh man this is going to expose capitalism for what it really is like yeah. this is great kind of all this nihilistic they thing took the like, mask off for you though they just were like yeah. fine here you want to see it sure yeah, yeah great yeah, exactly you stay inside yeah like, yeah 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 that's, that's so yeah but hey, we've yeah I've we've talked that about that we yeah, yeah we've sure. talked about that but yeah. uh one last thing and and, and just the last topic i think we go on is is Gavin Newsom. I don't get a, we don't get a lot of oh, we yeah. don't get a lot of California people on here or at least people familiar with the state of California. Yeah. Um Gavin Newsom, there's been people I see his name floated out for 2024 or 2028 for a uh, presidential election, which is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life cuz that guy <laughs> I've never seen somebody fail upward as hard as that guy. And and well, that's the true democrat way is to fail upward, I should say. Yeah. He's, he's probably he's probably got some competition in that uh in that regard but um just his trajectory in the last year has been it's been funny and sad at the same time just all the stuff that has been winery stays open the entire time in napa because the data says it's fine it's like well outdoor wineries look at like alex berenson that was on you know joe rogan and and uh really good person to actually get some like context on on covid stats and stuff he's kind of like well outdoor anything should be fine yeah you know like outdoor it shouldn't matter what city you're in like it doesn't matter if it's outdoor in uh you know this city or redding california or napa or uh, but what? napa people are really rich so it's yes it's cool, though, yeah. So. yeah 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 they're they have so much property yeah that they're far away <laughs> from the person yeah next to them so that's i need fine. at least six acres of space between each of so so the winery <laughs> happens that, that that that's whatever i'm in my head i'm laughing i'm just like newsome great you know and then and then the french laundry incident french laundry incident no mask inside conspiracy theory brain to me was kind of like he knew that was coming that guy loves a photo op i don't think he's ever had a photo taken of him where he wasn't expecting it like he's he's one of those guys like he's always ready for the camera i've almost thought it was kind of yeah, like, like the wildfires in the north face what? jacket you know the <laughs> he's like mm, all like stoic and yeah shit. the wildfire he wanted someone yeah. to start like a little fake yeah. fire around him that he could put out with his north face like just ah, yeah yeah like, like put it out like <laughs> that and i saw it stopped it and uh and yeah, the french laundry thing was funny to me because i was like there was a series of like pelosi going to get her hair done 
without a mask and, and all that. Gavin Newsom. Uh, I think there were, uh, wasn't the teachers, wasn't there a teacher lady that like went on vacation or like a teacher's union lady that went on like vacation? Didn't you go? Like, yeah, know. there was, was like Chicago is crazy. There was a, a CTU, um, someone in a leadership position in CTU um, who I think was arguing for schools had to be closed, but she then went on vacation. So like Sick. on a flight. She was taking so, like, beach selfies. She was like on the beach. <laughs> She didn't even care. Yeah. My, yeah. My, yeah. I mean, Chicago yeah. was pretty insane because I think uh, they were, it was really, really contentious. And they also had a lot of politics around the vaccine, getting teachers oh, affecting yeah. over like anybody else in the city and all this stuff like that. Yeah. And 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 then with, with Newsom, with the French laundry thing, I'm always like, is it kind of like a subconscious message to me? And maybe I'm going crazy, but where it's like, these are rules for you, not for me. I can go do this. I'm fine. I have enough money to survive COVID. I have this. I have healthcare. I have, um, yeah. you know, it, it seems like that. Like, it, it seemed like that. And I'm not saying he leaked it on purpose. I'm just saying there's a back of my mind. And that's probably just a problem with my line of thinking sometimes is maybe I, I play 5D chess and stuff. But it almost just seemed like with all those things happening and it happened so closely together that it was like, you have to you stay inside. I don't, you know. And the and the defenders, the fucking people white knighting for Gavin Newsom, be like, actually, like none of them live here. I'm sorry, yeah, no, no, even fucking... like my mom is yeah, the dude. most like CNN liberal of all time. She's like Newsom sucks. Yeah, no. uh, yeah, like none, none of that's the funny yeah. thing. Nobody here likes him. It's like yeah. he's got the classic like look of like, oh, that's a leader. Da, da, da. Um, yeah, you know, I just he, he sucks. Like I I I always said he's Patrick. Bateman, like he looks just like <laughs> like just like he look it's american psycho like <laughs> managing to be worse you know yeah. what i mean like psycho, he, he's, he's that guy like he's always you know i i if i was him i'd lean into it and say he's gonna go return videotapes and stuff like that but yeah. he's the he is he is god awful and and his record with private utility companies like just never oh, punishing yeah. them for burning down the entire state um yeah he's it's brutal ridiculous. it's bad yeah um uh, I mean, I think he's scared now because of the recall Newsom. Yeah. Do you think that has any legs? Do you think that actually has legs? I would I, say yeah. maybe it's I don't know. But I mean, he wants to he's like pushing for schools to open sooner now. Yeah, um, he, yeah I think it's he, true. Yeah. I did see that the other day. He tweeted that. I think a lot of that is because of the recall thing because he's losing like that that's a huge contingent he's losing his parents and and the small business people so i think uh and you know like if any of this ends like those are who we owe it to for pushing back um but yeah newsom um his whole rise has been funded by these california dynasty families who have specifically selected him and groomed him um, and his dad, I think, went to high school with one of the Gettys. Mm. Um, so he was always close with them. And then the Fisher family yes. um, paid for a lot of his early career. And also the... Pelo- he married into the Pelosi family, didn't he? Or wasn't he like by marriage? He's, he's, I think he's actually... I think he's by marriage related to Pelosi somehow. Like, like... <laughs> no, it's not. That's not surprising. Yeah, I, I, I'll look it up. But go on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and some, and so, you know, a couple other California dynasties and... He was, I think, like a restaurant and wine guy, right? Before he became oh, a politician. Easy. Can't you tell? Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, I remember when he, he ran for mayor of San Francisco. And I think they also actually had to do a runoff uh, with the Green Party candidate because mm. um, he wasn't super popular. No, he's not at all. Yeah. And then he ended up winning. I was young. I don't remember, but he did end up winning. So if I got that wrong, sorry, but he did end up becoming mayor. So like a lot of the worst California politicians somehow go to San Francisco in the Bay Area. Um, yeah. But um yeah, I think he's feeling some of the pressure, which some of the heat, which is a good thing. I think that there's definitely an element, like there's been an element the entire time where people who have money um, don't think that the rules apply to them and this for the very wealthy and then also for, you know, the upper middle class um, and think the rules are basically for other people, for people in flyover states and for the poor. Yeah. Um, and so I think... I'm not sure like what the, what, you know, the message is, but I think a lot of the dynamic has been um, even for the most true believers and stuff, people break the rules themselves or think oh, that, yeah. that it's not really for them. Yeah. yeah I, um, I get, yeah, I get yelled at like, cause when we're out in construction, I'm outside by myself standing off. Like I work like solo a lot of times, like by myself, I'm not, I got my mask like down here. Um, and if somebody comes to talk to me, I put it on, talk to them. Yeah. Right. I've had somebody roll down their car window. Tell me, come over, break within six feet. They're not wearing a mask. Tell me you need to wear a mask. I've had, I've had that. We've had a lot of coworkers do that. And I'm like, first off, where's yours? Second off, like, what, what is the concept of it? I'm by myself. Like, does, does it not apply? <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's, to me, it's like that guy is wearing a, a vest, a dirty, you know, road tarred up vest. Mm-hmm. He's probably sick. You know, or like he he's like, I don't want to get infected with whatever that guy yeah. is. But if they see this guy pull out in his Maserati or his Tesla and stuff, they're like, he doesn't have COVID. You yeah. know, like you get COVID from that. And, yeah. and I'm telling you, yeah. I'm sorry, by the way, by the way, yeah. uh, Pelosi is something like an aunt by marriage to Gavin Newsom. <laughs> Nancy course. Pelosi's brother in law was Gavin Newsom's uncle. Look, it's a loose relation, but. I mean, yeah, club. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's yeah. that's why. Yeah, it's but crazy. people don't realize how much narrative around disease and contagion often has this like class component. And yeah. I was, I saw this story. Um, a lot of people probably saw it. There was this teacher in Oregon who was talking about going back even after being vaccinated, and she said something like, "It just feels icky." And um, this is sort of the, school, very yeah. much in line with the type of like classist language that you don't want teachers who are around kids to use, you know, like to call a, like being around a population icky is not very, not great, not great. And then on top of that, <laughs> um, I mean, like fear of certain diseases, like um, I think typhus and uh, like other things in um you know, Nazi Germany played this really big role in um, a lot of the sort of policies that happened in the medicalized policies and endorsement of like the scientific and medical community for certain policies and facilitation. So there's this really long history of it being both a class issue and also a way in which certain people are like discriminated against and persecuted. Um, And also in the US, like we have a really long um, history of eugenics and that's not necessarily for um doesn't necessarily relate to communicable disease but more to hereditary things um but i think it's really scary uh how a lot of that history is lost and how 
we're sort of seeing a resurgence of certain language and yeah, yeah. ways of talking about other people that's just extremely troubling and dehumanizing yeah from- beautiful yeah. point yeah. yeah in one city it, yeah it's never it's never the like we we are taught about eugenics like through nazi germany right but most of the time like we're that's yeah. the way you hear about it but it's never like maybe they used like pretty grim terms and stuff but most of the time when something bad's happening it's not it doesn't have bad terms used at the time when you're being yeah, yeah. About it, right and like yeah and so like what, what i saw one thing and i i don't remember the city but it was like a verified article it was like guardian or, or atlantic or something they were putting like dnr tags so you remember i sent that to you they're putting dnr yeah. tags on like certain people for covid and stuff it's like what yeah 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 like you know what and, i mean like yeah i have two historical points on that like the well, A, California was the eugenics capital of the world. That's right. Number one, tw- USA. Yeah. US- <laughs> and Oregon wasn't far behind. Like literally, like a lot of the a lot of the people that came out to these states were like not like anti-slavery because they uh because they loved black people, but specifically because they hated black people and they didn't want to be around them at all. Like that's why Oregon exists, kind of. And California has a bunch of weird shit with that. And B, uh Hitler was inspired by american eugenics policies that's that's what inspired his nazi germany yep. uh whole whole shtick so it's like fuck like you well, know we're we honored never... as a nation yeah, yeah exactly yeah you're welcome bro you're welcome no bro. It is. um so, yeah thank yeah. you for bringing that stop, up because stop it's copying like a, yeah it's like yes. a hidden history of california is that before world war ii i think a third or something of all of the sterilizations in the u.s happened in california Damn. And all of our state laws, it was codified in state law. And then in the Nuremberg trials, some of the Nazi scientists and officials like brought it up like, well, these are the California laws. It's the same <laughs> in their defense. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah. had been in communication with eugenicists in, in California for a very long time. Whoa. And that's why like the California like blonde hair surfer stereotype matches the um master race blonde hair blue eye tall thing the nordic race stereotype is because they got it from the california eugenicists Holy damn shit. so pizza wow. my heart oh man shot if pizza Beach my heart boys. is like yeah oh, God. Oh, jesus capitola nuke it yeah like yeah the, yeah that's crazy um that so wild yeah all right well okay that's i think i i just wanted to get one more thing uh, one more question for for Alex here. Uh, you've been pretty much spot on. Now, we, we, him and I were just talking about it. You never have to thread when you post, which I think is crazy. Like you don't thread ever. Like when you when you tweet, right? Like you just kind of just say it all in one paragraph, and it goes and 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 you, sum, you an summarize it really well. And your your predictions have been like pretty spot on. So I, I need one more. Do you think at any point in the year twenty twenty one we go back to in person school in California? Um, I don't know, because of, I guess it's just on a personal note, there's just been so many times where I've gotten my hopes up to go back to in-person school. So now I try to just like, <laughs> emotionally separate from it. So I don't know. My prediction would be, okay, well, like in Orange County, they have schools open. Some places they have schools open. Okay. So my prediction would be that we, from what I hear is that we would do um, potentially high, a lot of hybrid models uh, in the Ugh. fall and maybe 
like maybe some small groups and like volunteering in the spring, but it really depends on the city and the district. So right, right. I think overall, you'll probably see the more affluent an area is, the more likely it will be uh, to move into full reopening. Yeah. And the, the more large the percent of a district or a city is low income, the slower it will be. Interesting. And, and, and I guess to that, would you say, cause I remember asking you this in a DM once, but like it, it, do you think this is a move? Because like you said, the lower income would probably take longer. Right. I, I think there's a lot of, uh, of things where they can go, Oh, marginalized students. We can't put them at risk. I could see that it being packaged that way. Um, do you think that this could be a way to maybe kind of like defund some of these schools? Uh, maybe not defund, um, but reduce funding. I, I guess I, I don't know how if that's how I want to say that, but like kind of these schools are already like underfunded. A lot of them, right? Like a lot of a lot of places, like you hear places in Baltimore where they can't even get like central like heating going on and and stuff like that. Do you think that's a way to be like, dude, we were tired of sending the school money. Like, let's just you know. Well, have home. I think that um, I mean there was some there was an article that said there's. Um, I think something like 3 million kids in the U.S. had just um, unenrolled from, um, had, yeah, basically unenrolled uh, from, not necessarily unenrolled, basically fallen off the grid in schools. Mm -hmm. So the schools were looking for them and they just couldn't find them. Like those kids just stopped attending. Um, And the way schools are funded is that you get um, a certain amount of money per per student in the district so the fewer students you have the less money you get and so that means that you're going to have several districts that are facing budget crises for many years um so i think as kids leave because of um the lack it's not sustainable online learning is not sustainable for them they might have to leave to like work for doordash to supplement family income um or just if if you already struggle in school um the thing that's good about school is you get to see other kids and like you have a community the thing that's good about school is not necessarily being on the computer um doing schoolwork, right so i think that a lot of struggling kids will probably drop out at at yeah older and then also a lot of kids whose families are just like homeless because there's homelessness is increasing and it's going to be even worse um, when eviction moratoriums run out. Um, and yeah. there's a ton of like back rent and fees that people owe. That's just going to be a huge explosion in terms of housing. Um, I mean, an implosion, not more housing, but less housing. And then, I see, um, yeah. so I think, yeah, homeless kids will probably, but basically like as enrollment for public schools, uh, declines funding for public schools declines so in that way um, that's where you might see a lot of resources disappear yeah and then as funding declines the schools get worse right and as the schools get worse there's more and more reason to close this mm-hmm. to close the schools because um, we have like a testing system that's designed to close schools because it's just standardized it, it identifies testing, yeah. failing schools and then uses that as a reason to close them. Yeah. That's like, 
we weren't we're not gonna fire you we're just gonna make you quit like kind of thing yeah yeah i see what you mean definitely and you said that's interesting because it's almost like there's always that school to prison pipeline you hear about but like yeah, I think in California, especially, you're going to see like school to gig economy pipeline big time, you know, right. and uh, I was wondering if you actually saw this. Sorry, I know I said that was the last question, but I was oh, I, I meant to I meant to show this to you. But uh, um, did you see this this uh, this San Francisco Chronicle article about a uh, prop 22 uh, now Instacart, Uber, Lyft and DoorDash? They paid so much money to get prop 22 uh, passed. Now they have to raise prices. Right. Which was <laughs> What they said the reason for Prop 22 was, was because if their workers became employees rather than gig economy workers, it would raise prices. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw yeah. that, but it's <laughs> insane, insane, like just wild. And that was the libertarian argument. It's like, well, families won't be able to afford to get their groceries delivered. And it's like, that's the people that are like constantly getting them delivered. Yeah. Money's not a thing. Like, it, I'm sorry. Like, it, it just never yeah. was. Like, people don't pay, yeah. like, that much money to have their groceries delivered. But I don't know. It, it's it's interesting. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, the whole the whole thing with um, Prop 22 is really uh, unfortunate because obviously in California, whenever a prop passes, then we're still dealing with the ramifications for, like, decades afterwards. Decades. <laughs> so um <laughs> this is gonna be bad yeah i think that the expansion of the gig economy is something that everyone should be really concerned about because um for certain things like uh uber also it's not just about the bad working conditions now eventually if they can have technology that replaces people they will use that to replace people so the labor pool of like the Uber drivers um, is designed to be temporary in a lot of ways. So it's not just that you're on contract so we can fire you whenever we want now, but in the future, you know, when you're no longer necessary, we might also just. Yeah. Once we automate transportation for most of the people you drive around, right. The rich kind of Silicon Valley tech worker that you drive around all the time, once we automate transportation, I'm not for everybody because I don't think that's going to happen for a, a long time to automate it for like people that drive 93 Camrys right now. But the people that that do that are going to be like, well, I have this self-driving Tesla. I have this self-driving this and that. Yeah. Then that then you I'm sorry, there is no gig. There's no way to build off that because, again, you're you're nothing. I, I have been an at will contract worker. You're nothing. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah I, I, that's that's super interesting. I, I, that, that's, I, I didn't even think about it like that. It's, it's, uh, that's the thing like San Francisco Chronicle, a couple, I, I didn't even realize that I saw somebody post it after the fact in, in the replies of that article, I didn't realize the San Francisco Chronicle had an article that said, do not disrupt the gig economy. Vote yes on 22. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, no, watch. I, I I'll pull it out. Whoa, Newspapers are the worst. Crazy. For, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. I how did I miss that? Like I like I just was okay, here we go. Yeah. I it's uh it's it's insane. Like it, it, it they don't even hide it, like they didn't even dress it up or anything. Like it's this. It's an editorial, but don't stifle the gig economy. Vote yes on prop twenty two. 
I don't know yeah, what it says. There's no way. Yeah, that's nuts. Like it, it's that's crazy. Well, that's stand, all the news, L.A. and San Francisco Chronicles, all that stuff. They yeah. they always carry water for all the shitty props. Like everything. Yeah, that it's hilarious how how they just put that shit out there. Yeah, and it's I, I think it's mostly just like the rate gets. It's basically yeah. And wow, of course. Wow, they made me pay it's for that one. Oh wow, they made God. me pay for the article about that. That's yeah. just, that's a that's God. All the COVID articles are free, by the way. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's nuts. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I, I, Alex, I could talk to you all day. This is, I mean, it's it's yeah. it's good. Uh, you've been on twice. Uh, there is a rule that you have to come on for a third time if you come on twice. Yeah. I'll be happy to come on. Okay, <laughs> Not, it's the rules are rules. I didn't make them, but the um. I'm sure yeah. things will be much better by then. By the oh, third yeah. Time. It's all yeah, the way up. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's great. So yeah. my computer's dying. So I, I, I have to end it. But uh, um, Alex, where can everybody find you? Where can they find your work? And what do you got going on? Um, you can find my two articles on the fellows. Um, one is called The Virtual Education Shock Doctrine. And the other one is um, the Great COVID Class War. Mm-hmm. And stay tuned for maybe more articles. Who knows? Hopefully. And then um, you can find me on Twitter at Galaxy Brain. And that's and you got to spell Galaxy with like Alex in there. With Alex, yeah. And then Brain is B R A N E. It'll be if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see it right below her face on here. So uh, thanks again, Alex. I appreciate you coming by. You're our first guest and. Uh, your second time first recurring guest ever thank you so much for having me no problem all right everybody take care we're i'm at glenn rockney he's at crypto sizes at rare candy pod one all right guys cheers